Hello, friends. Today's episode contains discussions of suicide. We understand that this is a sensitive and difficult topic for many individuals, and we want to ensure that everyone feels safe and supported. Suicide is a complex and deeply personal issue that affects millions of people worldwide. Our intention is not to glamorize or trivialize suicide, but to foster a compassionate and informative conversation about mental health, raising awareness, and promoting understanding. It's important to remember that if you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, it's crucial to seek professional help immediately. Consider reaching out to a mental health professional, a trusted friend, or a helpline in your country. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. Remember, you are not alone. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Strange and Beautiful Book Club, episode three of our 2023 Pride Collection, where we are reviewing In the Flesh, the season one season finale, episode three, because there's only three in the whole in the whole season. Right. Yeah. Um, we did just put a nice long video, uh, long by internet denizen standards it's like four minutes long on instagram all about all of the changes coming up for the podcast i'm working on them throughout june including migrating our hosting platform so if you're having trouble finding episodes or if you have if you find anything problematic let me know because i'm moving things around and i'm changing some of the background infrastructure so if you're having problems, I need to know so I can fix it. Um, everything should be fine, though. It should be fine. But, you know, just on the off chance. But I really just want to talk about this episode, so I guess we should just get started. So, hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Matt. Welcome to the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. So we just watched season one, episode three of In the Flesh. And uh, I didn't expect them to kind of tie things up as neatly. They covered a lot. Yeah. And they really pulled your emotions around in all kinds of different directions. Yeah, they really did. This was a roller coaster. And you know what? This is one neat, tight little season. Yes. I feel like if there was no second season... That would be okay. Right. I mean, I know that I'm glad there is, but at the same time, I don't feel like I'm left wondering about anything except that it'd be like, oh, I really wish I could find out like what happens in the world later. Like what happens a year from now, five years from now. Right. The larger scale societal changes. Like did this happen places other than England? I'm guessing. Yeah. What happens in 50 years when these guys are still around and the family that they came back to is all gone? Right. Yeah. But... Other than those questions, which you're going to be left with, because nothing's going to be able to cover the entire scope of something like that. Um, It just leaves you like, oh, okay. Like, in the life of Kieran Walker, 
this is what happened. And I think this whole episode was a lesson in the lies we tell ourselves and the effect of those, the effects of continuing to tell the lies and refusing to see truth and how sometimes that is a positive thing. And sometimes that is a dangerously murderous thing. Literally, because we have almost vignettes, one might say, in this episode, where in the previous episode, we saved those two zombies and the one guy got bit. So we deal with him like pretty effectively immediately. We stick him in a cage because nobody he, believes that they fucked around and now he's finding out. Right. Because even though it has nothing to do with a virus, it was literally like a one off event where all the people that died in this one particular year just got up and started eating other people. Um, there's still the prevalence in the culture of zombiness and the fact that being bitten will make you a zombie. So this poor guy's stuck in this cage. And that's okay. He's checked off, done. And then we're kind of with Kieran as he he wraps up different characters. Uh, oh, yeah. And we get to see that the night at the bar didn't end so sad for Amy as it hey, did hey. for <laughs> as it did for Kieran. I mean, kind of, because he wake they get up and she's getting her robe on and Philip, who she slept with, is like, I can't let anybody know that this happened. I could lose my job. This is right. I can't. I, I can't. I can't. This can't happen again. And she's like, uh, like I would want anybody to know that I slept with you. Right, which how on point for the last, I don't know, year in 2023 with a lot of the coverage of uh, like the drag queens and uh, protecting the children. Ugh, yeah. And it's interesting to see how the media coverage has shifted to highlighting whenever somebody gets convicted or arrested <clears throat> for some any kind of crime against children it's like oh look at this white man who's in a position of authority in the yeah. church oh hmm. Hmm. look at that. not a drag queen not a drag queen hmm. Hmm. oh funny how that works isn't it yeah and oh these zombies are horrible people yeah, these zombies are monsters. They're not people. Stay away from them. Yeah, and then, oh, who's look doing at this, the most shitty stuff? Look at this white man who's yeah. in a position of authority in the church. Yeah, it's all projection, right? Yeah, they're do. They are the bad guys. Yeah, that's yeah. That's the takeaway from this episode, is, right? And this was ten yeah. years ago. Yeah, which yeah. everything, all the same stuff was happening. But Almost it wasn't as, as prominent if. in, it wasn't as visible in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Almost as if the prevalence of corruption in religious institutions is endemic to the system and mm. has always existed. Huh. Mm. How about that? Huh. Yeah. No, I said religious institutions. I'm not talking about religion in general. I'm talking about the institutions like the organized church. And how often that power and that manipulation is used for ill-gotten gain. 
right? It it makes people very susceptible to the lure of yeah. misusing that position of authority. Yeah, it's the opiate of the masses. Right. Yep. So one of the big plot lines that we wrap up in this episode is Kieran versus the grocery store. Because his biggest, most vibrant, most uh, vivid memory that he has is... Which is still expanding. Yeah, is killing this girl in this grocery store and eating her with Amy. Did you catch that? His yep. hunting partner is Amy. And in this episode, he finds the grocery store. And so he goes in and he's all like disheveled. He he just took out one contact to show Rick that he was a PDS sufferer because even though Rick knew it, he needed right. to be make like... It, make it visceral. Yeah, make to it throw visual. it in his face. Yeah. yeah. And he's been out all night. They didn't let him ride back in the car, so he's had to walk back. So his makeup is all streaky. He's missing one contact, and he's like shuffling through this grocery store. <laughs> and they keep showing it from the security camera point of view. Right. And which we did when we first saw the memory. We kept cutting back and forth. And so we do it again. And then he actually finds the spot. And he remembers that his sister found him in this grocery store and chose not to kill him. And so this is the first lie that we come across. I mean, we've we've been building this shit pile of lies in every relationship. Every relationship we have in this show so far is based on some lie that every party is telling themselves and they're all trying to work to maintain and it's exhausting. Right. And if you reveal the lie uh, in a like forthcoming way, it relieves the burden. Right. Because everyone is having to shoulder the burden of this deception. Right. Of this, maintaining the yes. illusion. Yeah. So he goes to see his sister and he's like, look, I, I just remember, remembered. I remember. I uh, your friend died. And she's like, my friend didn't die. You killed her. And he's like, yeah, yep, I did. And he owns it. Yeah. And it was shit, and I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. And I would do anything to have not done that. Yeah. And Jemima, for her part, is like, you know, I had to lie to my friends. I had to lie to my friend's family. Everyone thinks I'm this, I, everyone thinks I'm this cold-blooded PDS killer, and I couldn't do it. I could not kill my brother. And he's like, well, I'm kind of glad you didn't. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. And she's like, really? Are you really glad I didn't kill you? And he's like, um, yeah, yeah, I am. Like, I am, I'm really glad you didn't. Partly, I think, because he's glad he got the second chance. And also because what would it have done to her to have killed her brother? Right. So... Once they get that off their chest, that is a huge burden of relief. Right, for the, and both she's of them. she's been hanging on to this armband, and she's been keeping this gun on yeah. her. Well, she's been keeping up this one. mask. She's been right. holding on to this mask because and she so, doesn't want anybody to know that she was too weak-willed to kill her brother. Yeah, and then it's like, oh wait, maybe that wasn't a bad thing. Maybe that wasn't a horrible thing that I did not killing him. Maybe it was okay. And so they decide from there, they're going to go talk to the Lisa's parents. 
because he says, you know what, they deserve to know because they keep putting up flyers about she's missing. Where is she? Right. We keep seeing them. Yeah. In lots of shots. And he's like, well, they need they need to know. So they go to their house and Jemima goes with him, which I think is really sweet. And they're sitting on the couch and it's really awkward because everything's covered in plastic. <laughs> <laughs> and Kieran's like, um, you know, I, I see you. You got posters uh, they're they're just going your... on about the making yeah. the posters, and he yeah. He, oh, he goes he and designed he, them he prints himself. them out at the little shop. He designs them yep. on the computer, and Karen's just getting more and more uncomfortable. And finally, he's like, "Look, she's not missing. Um, she's dead, and I killed her." And they're like, "Oh yeah, we know. That's fine, but you bitter, right?" And he's like, "I mean, yeah, like I bitter like in that I killed her, I guess." And they're like, "Well, that's fine. Then that's great. Like we're glad. We're so excited because that means she's going to come back." Right? Are you the one who moved her body? Yeah, and he's like, "No, nobody ever I found her body." I didn't. I didn't move her body, but like, she's not coming back. That's Bite, not how it works. That's not how it works. And this isn't a film. I know they keep getting more and more worked up, and Jemima's like, "But it could be how it works," and he's getting ready to continue rebut like you know, trying to educate them about how it actually does work. And he realizes that, like, they're living for this hope. Right. Their purpose in life yeah. is to be on this quest to potentially find their daughter. Yeah, for and them. that's the only thing keeping them going. Yeah, for them, this deception is essential. This deception is what is keeping them alive. It is not a burden. It is the only thing they have left. So whereas revealing this deception to each other freed Jemima and Kieran from the tension that was poisoning their relationship. Taking away the deception from these people would be cruel. Continuing to educate right. them, forcing them to face the truth would destroy them. And the, in this case, it was that hope yeah, that was, their daughter was, was still kindness. alive was driving them to It was kindness living. to leave them, leave yeah. them with it. And that's fine. And so as they're walking back, um, they see Amy at the train station because Amy gets assaulted by douchebag HVF guy. Not Bill, not the guy in the cage, but the other one. I don't remember his name. Um, he's been ambiguously evil up till now. We haven't seen yeah. it. I mean, he's been morally gray, out for himself. Um, but we didn't know what he would do. We haven't seen him do anything actively cruel. So this is the first thing that we see him do that's like gross. Right. Is, Most of the stuff we've seen him do has been complain about the perks going away. Yeah. And he asked about um, if Amy went to an all girls school, were they all lesbians? And she was like, oh, yeah, we were all vag hounds. <laughs> just like a just gross, sexist right. bullshit. And. They have passed a ruling that any family that has a PDS sufferer in their house has to have PDS painted on the side of their house. And so this guy has come to paint PDS on her house because she lives alone. She doesn't have any family. Right. And he comes into her house after he's done. He comes in uninvited. He breaks. He illegally enters her property. Right. And she's watching a video and... She shuts the laptop and he's like, you know, it's not right. You walking around town like that. She's right. like, well, I was going to get dressed, you asshole. But you walked into my room and he's like, no, no, I mean, 
looking like bare. that. Bare like that. Yeah. And so he smears makeup on her right. face. He assaults her and yeah. smears makeup on her face. And she's like, you know what? Why am I staying here? I don't have anyone here. I don't have any family here. There's no reason for me to stay in this racist shithole. I'm leaving. And so she does. She's at the train station. Yeah. Yeah. And Kieran's like, you're not going on a day trip without me, are you? And she's like, no, it's not a day trip. We're no, and going. She, she makes a compelling argument for him to go with her. And yeah. he's almost swayed. Almost. Uh, but she's going to see the undead prophet. And he's like, well, what about medicine? We have to take our medicine every day. And she's like, but he's got stockpiles. It's he's fine. got loads of he's it. He's got loads. It's fine. We have socialized medicine. That's not even a concern. I can walk in anywhere and get it. What would that be like? Uh, so they, she leaves. And she's wearing makeup yeah. when she Yeah, leaves. she's all made up. Yeah, because that didn't, going all naturale didn't work out. At least for now. Here. Here. Yeah. And it's kind of bittersweet. And they have like a kind of funny interaction because she's like why are you staying in Wharton? it's a shithole and he's like i don't know i think we can make it better and she's like oh you're staying for rick and he's like yeah i'm staying for rick and she's like um rick's a bit of a shithole too <laughs> Kieran's like um i think i can fix that one too and she's like oh my god you're an optimist he's like an optimist i killed myself <laughs> she's an like, optimist with suicidal tendencies yeah depressive tendencies depressive tendencies yeah, yeah. and she, he goes you leaving that's gonna make me depressed oh, nice try karen because she's like oh, whatever bye you know she does an impression of him yeah. She says, I need a big, strong man to come with me. And she does like a arm lift. And right. he's like, oh, is that what I look like? Is that it? She's like, that is the best impression of you that you've ever seen in your entire second life. Yeah. And it's so cute. Their, their chemistry, their friend chemistry is yes. really cute. Yeah. But then she's gone. And then actually, we don't see Kieran again for a while. Right. We because a, we get a lot of Rick. Yeah. Because we go back to Rick because uh, after last night, after Rick embarrassed Bill by right. siding This whole with Karen, time, Bill has been deluding himself farther and farther about what his son actually is. Yeah. And he's gotten to the point where he is bullshitting himself into believing that Rick is actually his living son. Yeah. Returned from the war. The cognitive dissonance is strong with this one. Yes. Yes. And to, I don't know, reinforce this, he's convincing Rick to go take care of Kieran. Well, he said that because Rick sided with Kieran, it's going to create insubordination. Insubordination right, which, in the ranks. And that flows Which is really the like cognitive piss. dissonance in his head. Right. Rick kind of broke through some of that. Yeah. By standing up for Kieran. And Bill is really struggling with it. And so Rick needs to make amends for the insubordination. Yeah. And the problem here clearly is Kieran. Obviously. Obviously. The problem here is Kieran. It Even can't... before yeah. Rick went away. Kieran was a problem because Kieran was always around Rick. What was the deal with that? And Kieran has always been this bad influence on Rick. Yeah. When really they were together. Yeah. But Rick had to keep it a secret. 
because uh, I'm not con- I'm not 100% sure that Bill's reaction to uh, Rick saying, hey, dad, I'm gay, like coming out yeah. and saying I'm gay would be any different from what happened when Rick said, Rick came out and said, hey, dad, I'm actually a zombie. Yeah. And his dad killed him and threw him on Kieran's driveway. We're not ready for that yet. We're working our way up to that absolute shit show of parenting decisions. Right. So. Yes. It's absolutely an analogy. Yeah. Oh, that's right. this whole that's, thing is an analogy. Right. That's what right. this is. But this yes. one hits. This one's like more, mm. more accurate. Very much so. Than yes. Some some of the others are a little more abstract right. analogy. Right. Yeah. Because Kieran is very much out of the closet, out of the closet as a PDS sufferer. Yep. And as someone who was romantically interested in Rick. And we never explicitly say it, but we hint so heavily it's it's pretty clear that they yeah. were together and that um bill saw that and so that's why he was trying to keep rick away from karen because he saw karen as the problem all along and so rick tries to warn karen because his dad is hellbent they are going to kill karen and rick is going to be the one to do it So he gets some change and he goes to get his dad some cigarettes. And while he's there, he makes a phone call and he calls him to tell him like, look, Karen, you're in danger. You're in danger from me and from my dad. And if you see us, you need to run, run as fast as you can, because we are coming to kill you. And nobody can find the phone because that's what happened when you had a cordless phone at home. Is that it always wandered off? It would just wander off. It was like the TV remote. It was, it was like a TV remote because it was only a phone. You didn't have it on you to do anything else. So unless someone was calling you, you weren't checking in on its location. And so it's missing and they can't answer it. And they're like, oh, God, never mind. This is what it is. Rick calls while they're getting ready to go visit Lisa's family. So Jemima and That's Kieran it. are leaving together. So yeah. much earlier in the it's episode. Much, it's very early in the episode. We know that's sort of the river of shit that is flowing underneath all the rest of the plot is that Rick is facing... At any moment. Rick is facing yeah. the fact that his dad wants him to kill the man he loves. Yeah. Is what it is. And he wants him to do it because his dad is so deluded he doesn't believe that his own son is a PDS sufferer. And so he takes him to church after calling the minister and telling him he needs to write a real good sermon because right. he's got a, a motivational fire, speech. He's got to fire Rick up. And so we get this we are called to judge the dead. We are the living, we are the righteous ones and they are all evil. And even if they look like your friends and your family, they are wolf in sheep's clothing. They are evil. And we need to judge them as evil and we need to destroy them. And then when he's leaving, he does this little bit of subtle manipulation on Bill, which at this point, Bill is so suggestible. (laughs) You could have, this minister could tell him anything, but he's like, you know, there's going to be a second rising. And if the dead are worthy, they're going to get to come back again. This time, it's going to be the people who are worth having back. 
they're the ones who are going to come back. Just so you know. Okay? And Bill's like, heard. I hear you, man. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. So they go back to prep, like, to teach him how to do the, because if you destroy the brain, you still destroy them. Right. So that's what happens. They go back to the house, and the poor mother is at a, like, support group meeting for right, all, for all the moms. moms. And she's like, you know what? At first, I was really scared. But then I realized I got my boy back. Like, I got my handsome man back. Right. It's the real him. Yeah. He's been gone for Deep five years. Deep down, I can years. tell he's the same person. And he was gone for five years, and I thought I was never going to see him again. And I got him back. I finally got him back. And we hear from Kieran's mother, and she talks about the aftermath of Kieran killing himself and how her family went into free fall, and it nearly destroyed all of them. Right, and she cycles between grief and anger and crying, Yeah, and she can't keep up with it. She can't because she's happy he's back. She's sad she lost him at all, sad at, at what he's become, but like angry at the circumstances that led them to this. Angry at Kieran for what he did, which is, I'm I'm glad they talked about that in this yeah. episode and the fact that that's a very real part of grief, especially grief in a death that we view as preventable. And it's important to normalize the fact that that's going to happen. You're going to have those feelings of anger and frustration. And I'm so glad they discussed it in this episode. I mean, we cover a lot of very sensitive topics in these three right. episodes under the guise of a zombie show. We cover... This is what fantasy and sci-fi are for. Yeah, that is the purpose. you break it out of the this kind of normalized frame that we're used to thinking about things day to day, and you have the same conversation, yeah. except you're substituting in different words. Right, and you get to create these scenarios that would never otherwise exist. If right. you had someone who completed suicide, and they were gone, and they were gone for years... And then you got to ch you got the chance to have them back and you get to talk to them about how you felt and what the aftermath of those years was like for you and for the people around you. And it's really sad and it's really uplifting and it's really amazing that they talk about all of these different things. And I don't think this show gets the credit it deserves. We were trying to find something about it on YouTube. There's nothing. Right. There's just, you can There's buy like or rent episodes these it. episodes on YouTube, and that's it. There's nobody commenting on the content of the show. Yeah. I mean, everyone loved the Bill and Frank episode of um, uh, the, Last, the, of the, Last of Us. Last of Us. Rightly so. Great episode. Wonderful episode. Emotional episode. Emotional episode. This episode was just as emotionally engaging. This uh, I think way more. I mean, we go deeper. There is into like every topic. Three episodes they got for this season, and there is so much fucking depth. When he finds Rick, so Rick is finally like, 
no more. Yeah, he he's just like, Dad, I need a minute. And so he goes to the bathroom and he covers up the damaged half of his face. And you're not sure. Is he like psyching himself up? Like internally convincing himself, I am, I am still a person. I'm real. I'm Rick. And this is, this is the face that I remember looking at in the yeah. mirror. But I think it's more like he's taking one last look yeah. at that made up face of what he used to look like yeah. before he takes off the mask. And I think he's saying goodbye to himself because there's the he has to know there's the very real possibility that his dad will kill him. Right. That's why he hasn't stood up to his dad this entire time. Right. And his entire life. That person is he's has spent a lot of time being that person. So yeah. that person is a real part of him. Yeah, and it's time for him to literally and metaphorically remove his mask. Yep. And so he does. He takes all of his makeup off and he comes out and he's like, "Dad, I'm not going to kill Kieran." And even even with all of this like the physical act of removing all his makeup and like the decision of, "Okay, I'm going to come clean with my dad." Even then, when he talks to his dad, he the only thing he can say about Kieran is he's my best mate. Yeah. Not I'm in love with him. Yeah. And I want to be with him forever. It's I can't hurt him. He's my best mate. And we're the same. Yep. In a lot of ways. And one of those is I, I'm a PDS sufferer too. And I know you've been lying to yourself about it and I've been letting you do that. So I'm a little bit complicit in this too, but I'm done doing that now. And I need you to see the truth about who I am. And his dad's like, I see you. I understand. You must feel trapped. You must feel trapped in there. Like something's wrong and you just need to get out. And then they embrace. And Rick is crying because for once he feels like his dad really has seen him and accepted him. And then embraced him. Like but he he's finally, just like leveled he up the bullshit. I know. But like he finally took that chance. And it paid off. All right. And we actually are left in that moment in, this is a brilliant choice on their part, is we are left in that moment of, wow, maybe Bill really did understand. Maybe that maybe is all going to work. Maybe he finally turned it around. Maybe this is all going to work out and Karen and Rick are going to get the second chance they deserve because we do not see Rick again. We go back, we see Kieran standing on a bridge. We see Bill drive by. Wait, Jemima, finally. At, there's all this uplifting music. Jemima has, because of the relief of this burden, she's finally able to take off her fatigues. Oh, yep. She's finally able to take off her armband. She can put the gun away. And while she's putting the gun away, hot damn, there's the handset. So she picks it up and listens to the message. And it's the message that Rick left at the beginning of the episode. And so she runs off to go find Kieran, and we switch to Kieran, who we haven't seen for a while, but he's just standing on a bridge, which I love how this entire town is also rotting. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everything is rusty and falling apart and chipped and broken. And he's standing on this rusty bridge, and we see Bill driving down the road, and he drives past Kieran and just keeps going. 
And Kieran's like, huh, that's really weird. And so he keeps walking. And as he's walking to his house, he sees the PDS sign painted on the garage. And then he sees Rick's body lying on the ground in front of the PDS sign. And we get this really emotional moment where he's crying because all this and they still can't be together. Yep. All of this. And why? Because of one man's hatred. Because of one man's bigotry and hatred. And that's why. Because he could never see his son for who he is. He could only see him for who he wanted him to be. And because of that, Look at all of the people that were affected because this poor mother who is at this support group coming to the realization that she loves her son and that she's glad to have him back. She goes back home and Bill is just sitting on the on the chair watching sports. Watching the game. Watching sports. And she's like, oh, hey, so where's Rick? And he's like, Rick. I haven't seen Rick in five years. I haven't seen Rick in five years. And she looks over and he's put all of the memorial stuff back up. Because the they stuff had, that they took down. Because they had taken it all came down. Home. Yeah. And she's like, Bill, what did you do? And that's when Kieran is banging on the door and, so and she lets th- him in. I think this is an interesting contrast for Kieran's character as a demonstration of how much he's grown yeah. as a person since he came back. Yes. Because the first time Rick died, he left. Yeah, he... And the second time Rick died, he gonna cut a bitch. Yeah, he gonna cut his Because <laughs> he comes back with the knife that Bill used to kill his own son. And he stabs it into the arm of the chair. And the only thing Bill has to say is, you know this is why we kicked you out last time. You're yeah. banned from this house. And he's like, fuck you. You banned me eight years ago for making your son a mixed CD. Fuck you. And you killed. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Right. And so then he starts unraveling the bullshit. Yeah. And just um, repeating the lines that he's been fed by the minister. Yeah. About the second, be a second rising, rising. Yep. and he'll come back proper. Yeah, not and like, like, what the fuck are you talking about? You had him back. It was a gift. This was a motherfucking gift. You had your son back. It was a once, once ever chance. It's never coming back. He's never coming back. And the mother is like, she loses it. Very rightly. She has been trying to hold it together. This entire time for Rick's sake. In the face of all of Bill's bigotry. Yeah. She has been just kind of standing by trying to keep things calm in the household. Yeah. But she's just come to terms with the fact that she was angry. She was sad. But ultimately, she's glad her son is back. Yeah. And then he's gone again yeah now he's gone and bill took him away from her again because bill is the one who made him sign up for the military too yep so that's twice her husband has put her son in a position to be killed one time by sending him off to war and another time by killing him with his own hands so she takes the knife and she's like that's it motherfucker and she starts slashing at him and kieran actually holds her back and she gets 
spill across the palms. Which defensive is, wounds. Yeah, defensive wounds. So now there is literally blood on his hands. Literally and metaphorically. The symbolism here is strong. And that is enough for him to be like, oh, holy shit. What did I do? I'm wondering if the thing that really woke him up out of that was the fact that his wife, who has been submissive for probably 40 years, literally attacked him with a knife, yelling and screaming. Yeah. And that was the thing that was most out of line with his model of how the world works. Yeah. That it snapped him out of it. It woke him up. He's he's woke now? Almost as if the opposite of woke is asleep. Okay. Is asleep the better thing to be? So he's just like grappling with this, walking out of his house. Bam! Good shot, Ken. Good shot, Ken. Hey, you guys remember Ken? The one that Bill shot his wife in the head? That Ken? In the street? Yeah. Ken's like, well, I was waiting for my moment. This felt like a good one because no one was going to stop Bill. Bill had killed his wife. Bill had killed his, Bill had killed Ken's wife. Bill had killed his own son. There was literally no limit to what Bill's delusion was going to allow him to do. If no one had stopped Bill yet, no one was going to at all. So Ken was like, looks like this is a job for me. And he shot him in the chest. And literally the only person who says anything about it is the guy in the cage. And he goes, I didn't see anything. I'm imagining Ken just like regularly patrolling around with his shotgun. Yeah. And then he gets in front of Bill's house and he's just kind of pacing back and forth, like psyching himself up. And then here comes Bill just stumbling out completely oblivious. Yeah. And he's like, my prayers have been answered. Well, I think he was sitting in that. He was looking out the window and he was, yeah, walking around the town. And I think he was fine. He was oh, seeing he, all the stuff he that would Bill have was doing. Seen, he would have sat there and watched Bill dump his son in Kieran's driveway. Yeah, and I think it was like... And that was probably This the last farther straw. and no more. Yeah. This far and no farther. This is it. We're done. And so that's it. That's the end of Bill. That's the end of Rick. And that's the end of the show. We get a scene in the graveyard. Well, no. First, this is important. We can't skip this part. So Kieran runs... Because he can't oh, handle this. Oh, yes. This is the so, family Yes. So Kieran disappears, and he ends up going to the cave where he died last time. Which we don't, we didn't know why the cave was so significant emotionally to Kieran in episode two. No. Because when he ran away, he ran away to this cave. Yeah. And he gets there, but there's zombies. Yeah. And once again, he runs away and he runs away to this cave. And we see Rick and Ren forever written on the ceiling. Yes, written on the cave wall. Because he's just sitting in there having a moment. Because he just needs 
a moment and someone, something starts walking in the cave and for a minute we're scared, but then she, then it's he's like, mom. oh like, shit, is that Lisa? And he's like, Lisa? She goes, Kieran? And he's like, oh, oh, mom. <laughs> well, you scared the pants out of me. She's like, you, I scared you? And he's like, well, I wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna do that again. I was just sitting here for a minute. And so she tells him a story about when she had a boyfriend. She goes, you know what? I've lost somebody too. I had a very close boyfriend. I thought for sure we were going to be together forever. Right. She'd imagined this whole life of them together. And he left me and, you know, I considered taking my own life. So I went down to the pharmacy and I tried to get something to do that with. And the man behind the counter refused to sell it to me. And instead he gave me a cup of tea and we talked all night. And did you know your father was that funny? Because that's the man. He made me laugh. Because that's the man I married. And she says, I sometimes wish he would talk more, not about the weather and Blu-rays, but about the things that matter. Right. The real things. The real things. Uh, the delusions that we've been clutching so tightly. Right. And he would talk to you, you know, about the real things. Yeah. If you just, if you just get him to, if you'd let him. And so they kind of have this, it, this is their moment of revelation with each other, which is... If you would have talked to me about how you were in pain, I could have helped you. And I really wish you because would have. Because she knows what it's like. Yeah. And I really wish you would have. But you didn't. I mean, we can't change the past, but I'm here for you. I do have experience that could help you. Um, You are not alone. And so they go back to the house and the dad's like, oh, whew, glad you're back. Right. And this whole time he's been this like chipper chipper guy yeah who's always just making light of everything yeah just trying to keep everybody kind of happy and on the up and up yeah just really trying to force this into a positive narrative and really it's just that they have woven this web of self-deception so tightly because they've needed it as armor for so long and they don't need it anymore and now it's become a burden and they don't know how to put it down and so kieran Tells him, uh-uh, don't let me off that easy. You need to yell at me. And his dad's like, well, I don't, you know. You- because he knows that his dad is holding on to some very strong emotions. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, uh, you're grounded. He's like, nope, not good enough. Yell at me harder. And he's like, you left. You left for days and you but, didn't but tell me keeps, where you were going. he keeps going to your mother's feelings like your sister like yeah don't you realize how you made them feel and he's like keep going keep going now you now do you and finally the dad's like i didn't know where you'd gone i thought i was gonna have to call the police i decided i was gonna go find you myself i put on my coat i went out to the cave i saw you there you were slumped against a rock and i thought thank god he's okay he's okay and and this, then I saw the Swiss Army actor knife. Is selling this. Yeah. And then I saw the Swiss Army knife that I had given you for your birthday. And I saw the blood all over everywhere. And I tried to pick you up and I tried to carry you back, but I couldn't. And I ran and I ran and I ran. But you were already gone. And he holds his arms up because you have to imagine if it had been a while and he'd been there, he would have tried to pick his son up and he couldn't because his son would have been stiff from rigor which is a horrifying thing to think about 
to. Okay. That was, I'm sorry. I'm having an unexpected emotional reaction to this right now. But Ditto. just to think about finding your child that way is really hard. And he couldn't, how could he face it? You'd rather not face it. And then he comes back and you have the chance to talk about it, but you don't want to because what if you lose them again? Right. Because if he was. If he was struggling so much that he felt like he had to end it. Yeah. And he couldn't talk about it then. And now this kind of almost equally horrible thing has happened yes. to him because he's not alive anymore. Right. How can he how can he broach the subject now and if he tries, how much more likely is it that his son will leave again? Will leave again. And so he just pretends that they're just this. Yeah, we're going to play board games, family. we're going to watch movies, and we're not going to talk about it. And we're going to have Kieran pretend to eat dinner yeah. with the family every night. Right. Because it's better to just live in this deception than it is to face it. But in the end, it's not. It's liberating. This moment is liberating for everybody because they're finally able to actually embrace. They're finally able to actually move past this. And sure, there's a lot more baggage to go through. But this is a good first step. And it really just highlights the difference between a family that saw their son for who he was and did not judge him for who he was, would have absolutely accepted him and helped him, but he didn't know that they would have. He, he didn't know he could reach out. And the family where they absolutely did not accept their son, Bill did not believe who his son was who he actually was, and Rick actually had no one. He had no help. He had nothing. And it's really, really poignant and this is a really fucking good show. And I really wish it had gotten more credit. Because there's a lot of really good lessons here couched in zombie lore. Yeah. Yeah. Like we covered. I mean, this is the point of story. This is the point of story. This being able to empathize with these characters that are in a situation you'll never be in but to then take those lessons and apply them to real life. It's the difference between a family that accepts that a child is who they are and your job is to love them and accept them for who they are and not make them who they are or change who they are. Right, force them to act yeah. like they are the person that you think they are. Right, you don't get to put them in a mold. You don't get to do that. They literally come out their own little people. And your job is to make sure that they become the best version of those little people possible without changing who they are and without breaking their little spirits. Yeah. And then there are the people who, I have a child, I have an idea of who they are going to be, and I will accept no substitutions. And look where that got you. If you're in this world, it gets you Rick. Dead. And again. buried again. And Bill dead and buried 
for the first time. Hopefully and the last. Hopefully the last. Because that's our last scene is them getting buried and then dirt being thrown on the coffin. And that's it. Season one. Season one concluded. On to season two. And I honestly remember this season being way longer. I think just because so much happens. Right. And it's such, it's so heart-wrenching that you're like, oh, I feel like I survived a year with these characters, not, oh, um, three hours. It's amazing what they accomplish, which means it must have been canceled after season one, and then they had to bring it back for season two, because I know there was a campaign to bring it back. And so we're going to get eight more episodes, I think, of season two. Uh, six. Six. Okay. Not even the six. So this is going to- Twice uh, as many. This is interesting. I actually don't think I watched season two. I really thought I had. I vaguely I recall- really don't think I did. I vaguely recall them going to someplace with a big tent. Okay. You know what? Maybe we did, but maybe like season one was so poignant. That's what lingered 10 years later. Yeah. That could very well be it too, but I'm looking forward to it. And we're just going to keep moving. We're going to try to get all the In the Flesh episodes in in June, not because Pride ends in June, but because we're ready to start our new round of things in July. Um, or pr Pride all the time, right? Yep. Pride shouldn't be restricted to a month because people being who they are doesn't happen seasonally. <laughs> it's not like, oh, it's June, we can... We can bring out the gayness for a little while, and then we gotta sh gotta put that back we gotta on the hanger and stick it back the in the flag closet for yeah. Fourth of July. Put it in with the Christmas decorations. It's right. fine. Change all of our flags to red, white, and blue. Yeah. Now, um, one more thing about this episode: Rachel remembered there being an after credits scene after they buried Rick. Yeah. Where he's banging on the inside of the coffin. Yeah. But it wasn't. On the episode that we watched. No. And we couldn't find any reference to it. That's what we were looking for. On YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah. We figured there would be something about it, but I guess that was 10 years ago and people weren't doing commentary on TV shows on YouTube 10 years ago. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I just retconned myself into thinking that or it's like a Mandela that would be thing. That would be an interesting twist that um, the mother does get Rick back. But there actually Bill's, is a second rising. But Bill's not there to poison that relationship. That would be. That would have been interesting. But I I don't know how else that I mean, I of course I wish they both had lived and it had been a happy ending. But I'm not mad at the ending. Because as a like this is a lesson, this is a narrative device to show you what hate does to people. I get it. And it I accept that if we had gotten a 180 from Bill and he had actually accepted Rick for who he was, I'm not sure I would have believed it. Right. Not without more groundwork. Um, I think Ken needs to shoot the priest next. That's my hot take. I mean, let's just let's just point Ken at everybody that's causing that's just frothing up the hatred in this town. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that because <laughs> I just said something very hateful about killing people who are frothing up hate. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just angry at the priest because it's definitely he's not not he's not innocent in this in the slightest. 
Not at all. Not at all. And I think I'm a little bit triggered by the religious angle of this whole series. So I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to leave that there. I'm just going to put that on a plate. I'm going to live with that for a couple of days until we do the next In the Flesh episode. And then I'm going to come back and I'll report on how I feel about it now. (laughs) And I'll remind you to remember that sometimes the strangest things are the most beautiful too. So be who you are and love what you love and who you love. And that was a really good segue. So thank you, honey. I love you. (laughs) Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye. You are listening to a Strange and Beautiful Network podcast, a network of shows focusing on unscripted discussions that promote positive but honest engagement with all the weird and wonderful topics that make our hearts happy. I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude to all our listeners. Your continuous support and engagement mean the world to us. So if you're enjoying the show, make sure to spread the love, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Strange and Beautiful Network to stay updated on the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes peaks, and exclusive content from all our shows. You can also find additional ways to support this show on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash strangeandbeautifulnetwork. By becoming a patron, you'll gain access to bonus episodes, early releases, our Discord channel, and other exciting perks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.